0: to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, before we begin, just a quick announcement about the new fantasy coverage format that we've decided on for the upcoming season and all future seasons. We used to cover standard scoring fantasy leagues, but we've gotten with the trend, gotten with the program, and we've decided to now cover half-point PPR or points-per-reception format leagues.
1: Yeah, so half-point PPR is really advanced. It's become the most popular and most recognized fantasy format and it really helps to balance running backs and wide receivers so we think that this is a good time to switch and it's a good reason to switch
0: yeah basically half point ppr so anytime any player gets a reception they gain half a fantasy point so and we believe it's the ideal format for fantasy so sorry that we couldn't get an episode out uh i know this is a little late but we got all the news in here that we did not cover in the first episode. So let's get started. We're going to start with some free agency news, as I said today. And then after that, we'll end the show with a would you rather segment where we'll compare two sets of players at each position and uh, decide who we would rather have on our fantasy teams for the upcoming season. So let's get into the free agency news. And the first one is very big for football, maybe not as big for fantasy, but it still has some fantasy implications. Tom Brady, who I believe is the greatest quarterback and greatest football player of all time is leaving New England and going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Chris, I think this definitely helps his fantasy situation now that he finally gains wide receivers for the first time since really Wes Welker and Randy Moss.
1: Yeah, I mean, that combination of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, those are both very possibly top five wide receivers. So it's really good to see Tom Brady with the wide receiver core that we haven't seen since you said, like, Wes Welker and Randy Moss.
0: Yeah. It's just, I think this helps the Bucs, but this really puts New England in sort of a bind. Because while I agree with Bill Belichick's situation to let Brady go because he required a big contract, I don't understand his decision to not get another young quarterback. The Patriots have a pretty late pick in the draft. So they're pretty much their starting quarterback right now is Jarrett Stidham. There were rumors they might target Andy Dalton, but they're really in a bind in terms of quarterback situation. Maybe even they may even have the worst one in the league as of right now.
1: And yeah, I was one of many people that actually expected Tom Brady to go back to the Patriots. And I thought, I mean, if he does end up going somewhere else, obviously, I thought that we'd see someone like Jared, not necessarily Jared Sidham as the starting quarterback next year. I think we'd see, like you said, Andy Dalton, or maybe someone like Derek Carr or Mitchell Trubisky, someone that is kind of on the hot seat, head to the Patriots.
0: Yeah, I think Jarrett Stidham did not do well in mop-up duty last year, which is – I mean, it's in mop-up duty, but, like, I think – I don't know if that's a good sign for his future, especially since he was, like, a fourth – I think he was a fourth-round pick. Uh, Yep. So the next piece of news is a very talented wide receiver moving on to a new team for the first time in his career. Stephon Diggs is going to the Buffalo Bills. And I think this is one, for me, where this helps the quarterback, Josh Allen, more than Stephon Diggs. Do you agree, Chris?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen are very comparable. like. But I think I like Josh Allen more because of the acquisition of Stefan Diggs. I think I originally had him like down at number 11 or some somewhere low. And I know you, Calvin, were very upset by that, thinking that he's worth a lot more. So I bumped him up to number 9 and I think that's a reasonable spot for him to be especially because now he has a receiver that I can trust in that offense.
0: Yeah, I think I have him at around number 7 or so. So, mm-hmm. I think I'm a little bolder still, but I think by the way, something about the rankings, our rankings will be switched to half point PPR at some point soon. Uh, we'll keep you updated on the website, but we are going to work on that throughout the offseason. But I think I agree like for digs, Josh Allen does like to throw deep. He's not necessarily accurate doing so. So, I think that Diggs might not get his signature deep catches as much, while Josh Allen, I think this helps him because he has a receiver who can finally stretch the field, and now he can be even more dynamic since he's more of a runner, and uh, mm-hmm. like he is, while he can pass, he's pretty inaccurate deep downfield.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, overall, I really like this move for Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and I like it, or actually, I don't know. It's kind of controversial about whether this will be better for Stefan Diggs. What do you think, Calvin? Do you think? Uh,
0: I think I would project him as a mid to low and wide receiver two. And when we say wide receiver two, we're talking about 12 team leagues. So a wide receiver two mid-level is like 18 or 19. So I'm projecting him somewhere between like 18 and 24. Uh, Chris, would that mm-hmm. be where yep. you put him?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think without that, I don't think he'll be able to be as much of a deep threat just because of Josh Allen isn't that accurate, but I still like this move. For I think it kind of leaves Stefan Diggs in a similar situation. It really boosts Josh Allen, and it really
0: boosts the Bills' offense. Yeah, I think it's pretty similar. Except I think Kirk Cousins—he was helped by the fact that Kirk Cousins is a very accurate quarterback. But mm-hmm. uh, I think we've exhausted that. Let's move on. So the next piece of news is about a running back, and it's Todd Gurley who's moved on to the Falcons a day after he was released by the Rams. So. I think, Chris, this is another one where it really helps the quarterback. I don't know if this necessarily helps Gurley as much, but I like how Matt Ryan can now get a running game reestablished after the Devontae Freeman sort of slowly declined.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the biggest question in this move is whether or not Todd Gurley can stay healthy. And I think we've seen that the Rams don't think he can, but the Falcons do. And I really like, this is obviously an upgrade over Devontae Freeman, who the Falcons released a, a few days ago. And so, overall, I like this move. I think they got him for us an okay price, considering that they think that he's going to be healthy. So, we'll see how that works out.
0: Yeah, I think it's just – yeah, you're right. It all relies on whether he can be healthy. We saw him. He can be a number one RB mm-hmm. when he's healthy. But it just – I mean,
1: yes. A few years ago, he was just top of the line, number one pick. Like, he was, he was just that one coveted guy in your fantasy like kind of the Christian McCaffrey of
0: 2020. Yeah. Or, well – The Christian McCaffrey of, like, 2018. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, also, another news segment. uh, And we have a lot more to go, by the way, but these are pretty much the major ones. Uh, Another news segment. Melvin Gordon has moved on from the Chargers to the Broncos. And I think this is the one that's the worst for fantasy out of all of these just because they already have Philip Lindsay, the Broncos, and the Broncos already have Royce Freeman, so I'm not really sure why they made this move. And it's for like eight million a year, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know. I'm not exactly sure why they would do this.
1: Yeah, I, I'm wondering if Roy—they're going to re- move on from Royce Freeman as kind of their like red zone back, and they're kind of going to run an attack with uh, Philip Lindsay as more of a passing back and Melvin Gordon as a running back. And if I can see that that's what their plan is, this is an okay NFL move. But obviously in fantasy, when you start splitting up the carries and having a passing back and a running back, it's never going li- to lift either of the players up. So I don't think we're going to see too- – I think Melvin Gordon is still going to have a solid season, but he's going to be nowhere near what he was projected to be in a Chargers-like situation.
0: Yeah, I just think the thing about Melvin Gordon is the one year he was really good – The other team, the team around him was like at his best that it ever was. So I think Gordon isn't exactly a yards per carry guy. And the Broncos Mm -hmm. offense with Drew Locke at quarterback is questionable. So I don't know. I feel like I see a Gordon struggling to come into the season, much like he did in San Diego or Los Angeles, uh, (laughs) excuse me, for a while after he came back from his holdout. So I see I don't know. I think they'll still use him because I don't think they like to overwork Philip Lindsay, but I don't know if Gordon's going to be very productive in that offense. This might be yeah, a waste. Of I money. agree. And mm-hmm. so I think our second piece of wide receiver news, Amari Cooper has re-signed with the Cowboys for five years and a hundred million dollars. And I think I'm, it's good that the Cowboys brought back a talent like Cooper, but did they overpay Chris, do you think? Or was this a fair, was this a reasonable offer?
1: I think this is a f- Fair deal, just because I know teams like the Redskins were offering Amari Cooper more than this, but he really wanted to stay with the Cowboys, so I think Cowboys got him for a a deal that they wanted. So I think that's good for them.
0: Yeah, I think just it's sort of it is does seem a little bit expensive, but with all the rising costs of deals, I think it's pretty fair. And while Amari Cooper for fantasy, I think he's always going to be a little inconsistent, but I think he falls at the back half of that wide receiver one tier.
1: Yeah, uh, let me check. I think I have him right at
0: – I have him at number eight, I believe, but I might move him down in favor of a DJ Moore and or Cortland Sutton just because of his inconsistency. Like, yeah, I have
1: him at number nine, and I think he's going to stay there. My rankings,
0: they're still being updated based on half PPR. So. Yeah, same here. We'll see. So Things can change. Things – I think – yeah, I, I'll have to see how many receptions he got. I think he does get targets, but then there are weeks where he just doesn't mm-hmm. – he just it's falls kinda- off the map.
1: Yeah, he seems he's a very inconsistent player. And I feel like sometimes he's just a top three fantasy wide receiver. And then sometimes he's not even a wide receiver, too. It kind of just depends on the week and the matchup.
0: Yeah. And I think he's that keeps him just outside of the elite tier, just that yep. inconsistency. Um, next p- news is about Kenyon Drake. And Kenyon Drake has he already got offered the transition tag by the time we did that last episode by Arizona, but he accepted his $8 million tender. So this means that he will officially be staying in Arizona. And this is a very good move. Arizona's offense is looking very good after the mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins so strong, trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, a young Kyler Murray, who is very much on the rise. I think we're going to see a huge season from Kyler next year. And I think that Kenyon Drake has more room to grow, and we've seen his potential at the end of last season, what he can do in an offense where he's, under, he's surrounded by talent and he's not under a head coach like Adam Gase.
0: Yeah, and we've yeah we've talked about Adam Gase before, but it bears mentioning again because Adam Gase is really we've seen so many players leave his system or go into a system such as Le'Veon Bell or leave his system such as Kenny Drake, who have were bad under him, but as soon as they leave, they do well again. And remember, mm-hmm. I think that year in Miami before Adam Gase came, Kenny Drake was actually doing pretty well, and so people were pretty high on him at coming into that fantasy year. Then Gase came, he struggled. Uh, then he goes to Arizona really picks it up at the end of last year so I really like his breakout potential and with DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk in that offense to just stretch the field I feel like Kenyon Drake's in for some big big holes uh Mm -hmm. and he'll get to the second level and it'll
1: be very good for for, yeah for like option plays with a dynamic quarterback like Kyler Murray you always have to be watching out for him then you have Kenyon Drake to worry about who can run and then you have Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins like you said stretching the field that's a very
0: potent offense Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch next year. Uh, Some quarterback news. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has signed with the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. This is, I think this happened pretty, this happens in like the last day or two. Cam Newton has been released by the Panthers as they could not find a suitable trade. So the Bridgewater signing was a little surprising, but I do like it. I think, Chris, what do you think of it?
1: Yeah, I like this. I think it's a good change. I don't think Kyle Allen was the answer for the Panthers. And I think they've kind of, the whole franchise had kind of moved on from Cam Newton so I really like this I think Teddy Bridgewater has a lot to prove because if Kirk Cousins was not in Minnesota Teddy Bridgewater would have been a very good starter there and then obviously he moves on to the Saints where in his backup role when Drew Brees was out he really shined and so I think there's a good chance that he he's a solid QB in. For fantasy and for the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean he hasn't started much, but I think the five and O says it all. Even though the Saints are good, he was still good enough to keep them afloat. And yep. in Carolina, I think he can be a serviceable franchise QB. Um, now speaking of the Saints, I was about to say the Carolina Saints, the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees is back with them, and this is pretty much a formality. No, no surprise there. I think he yep. also falls. He falls at the back end of the QB one tier for me. And it's obviously, like, oh, go yeah. Ahead. I,
1: Yeah, I have him a little higher than that. I think I have him at number six. I really like Drew Brees. I think he has so many weapons to use, and I think that he still has a good enough amount left in the tank that he can push for a top six fantasy season. And obviously, Michael Thomas is just the number one receiver in fantasy and in the NFL, I think. And then you have uh, Alvin Kamara as the running back. He has a lot of options to throw to, so he doesn't actually have to be a top six fantasy quarterback skill-wise, but with his weapons, he very much is, I think.
0: Yeah, I think I do like what I saw last year. I did like what I saw last year from Drew Brees, and I'm happy to see that he is uh, able to still produce, but I think I would be wary because he has had occasional fantasy inconsistency throughout his career, so that's why I'm not, like, super high on him heading into next year, Uh, but I do, I am encouraged by the fact that he performed well. Also, I think we sort of forgot to talk about where we had Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is a top 12 QB, though. Like yes, baby. I think
1: I think I have him at number eleven. I think he he definitely moves into that QB one discussion. I mean, he's the goat, and now he has receivers. And I think he's really wants to show that he's not a systems quarterback, and that he can play under multiple offenses. So I think he's definitely a QB one.
0: Imagine someone calling Tom Brady a systems quarterback. Mm, eh, I know, it's just I like. Hate- he's not he's not even that good like he can only play in one system it's just ridiculous I think yeah I mean obviously he can't run but like he's not a systems quarterback there's no question Mm -hmm. but next oh
1: yeah another quarterback Nick Foles has moved on to the Bears and this was after Cam Newton the Panthers could not find a trade with the Bears so I think they ended up signing Nick Foles instead I really don't like this move for the Bears I don't think Nick Foles is much of a starter anymore I think he had his playoff run with the Eagles but that's about it
0: do you think he's better than Trubisky though? Can he beat him out? That's the question. No, I
1: don't. I think Trubisky's gonna rebound. I don't think it's gonna be a huge rebound, but I think he'll remain
0: as the starter for the Bears. I, f- I feel like they're just not using him correctly though, like because he he's more of a running guy, but they don't really run that often with him. That's I think how he needs to be. He needs to be able to run the football and uh just that so that way yeah. he can hit his passing game that which is not that good can be covered up a little bit. So
1: as a starter, is Mitchell Trubisky uh, someone that you're going to draft in fantasy, Calvin, if he's available?
0: No, he's not there yet. I think I, he's just – there's a, enough good options in the top 24 that I don't think – I think it's too risky to pick him up.
1: Yeah, and even if they say he's the starter, if he starts to play bad like he did last season, we could easily see Nick Foles replace him
0: yeah the journey of the rise and fall and the will the oh. rise and then the fall and then the rise and the fall of nick Foles. just mm-hmm. throughout his career he has that's
1: why that's why i, I wouldn't trust him as the bears quarterback i mean he's starting to get older too and he's just not the answer i don't think for the bears and i think bears fans are would also agree with me because i've heard that a lot of people were upset by that signing
0: yeah it's just and it was they have to take on that good that big contract from the jaguars mm-hmm. too Yep. Um, next is quarterback is Marcus Mariota, who's heading to the Raiders to compete with Derek Carr supposedly for the starting job. And it looks like I'm guessing Derek Carr would probably hold on to it at least for a little while, but it's good to have some competition there. Maybe encourage Derek Carr to play a little better.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, sometime in some ways it's good to have some competition, but in other ways you're spending more money on a solid guy like Marcus Mariota to give you that competition. So I don't know if this was worth it for the Raiders. I think, Derek Carr is still a very serviceable starting quarterback for them. But I do I do like Marcus Mariota and the potential that he has as that runner and a passer, but I still think that it wasn't the greatest move.
0: I think he's still pretty raw and inconsistent though. It's just Mm -hmm. his his potential is amazing. It's he's never really achieved it though throughout his career. Also, he they do get another receiver, whatever quarterback goes there. Nelson Aguilar has gone there. And the Raiders do need receivers for sure. But I think Al- Aguilar will be a number three behind Hunter Renfro and Tyrell Williams, along with Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and Jalen Richard there. So I don't know if he becomes too fantasy relevant. I don't think Yeah, and
1: I mean, we've seen over the past couple of years that Nelson Aguilar can't seem to catch a pass. I mean, he's mm. so fast. He's one of the fastest guys in the NFL, but he can't catch a pass. So I don't think he'll – I think if he fixes up those errors, he can be as serviceable, like wide receiver three, maybe even – I mean, I'd say wide receiver three at most, but then you have the tight end competition and those two good running backs in Jalen Rashard and Josh Jacobs. So I don't think you see much coming from him.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I think it's a good add just to get someone who has that potential, but he's not going to be fantasy relevant next year, I don't think, um, and left, barring some sort of injury. Uh, next we've got Emmanuel Sanders, and Sanders has gone to – the New Orleans with the Saints, and I think this is a great addition to, as a number two receiver to Michael Thomas. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders hasn't really had that stud receiver by him since Demarius Thomas, and when he had Thomas, oh, Tom, old Thomas, he played well, so I think with new Thomas, he should play well as well. What do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, I, I, I do like Emmanuel Sanders. I actually traded for him late last season and he ended up doing well is in the 49ers system and that's not a running that's a run first system so if he can perform there I think he can really perform in a situation as that kind of wide receiver too where we've seen him play with guys like Demaryius Thomas and he's shined in that kind of role
0: yeah I think he did have a couple games though in the 49ers offense where he wasn't as good Mm -hmm. and that's maybe partly because he is not getting many targets and maybe partly because he's a wide receiver one yeah and he
1: doesn't have that chemistry, you know. It's it's tough. It's tough to go from an an entirely different system in the such as the Broncos and then go straight to the 49ers who are competing for a Super Bowl in a run heavy offense. I mean, it's it's I tough mean, change. I y- mean,
0: you have Peyton, who like is one of the greatest passers ever, and now you've got like I mean, obviously a few year gap, but now you've got like Jimmy Garoppolo, but like a run first offense. And Jimmy Garoppolo's fine, but like he's nothing. Too he's not special. Peyton Manning. Yeah, he's definitely not Peyton Manning. But, like, I think he'll thrive in the number two role. There's guys who just thrive in a number two spot. Like, like for example, oh, it slipped my mind, Juju. Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster thrived in a number two role with Antonio Brown, and it remains to be seen whether he can be good as a one. But I think that he is talented, and his, it was a great spot for him to be in a two as he broke out that year.
1: Mm-hmm. so what would you say Emmanuel Sanders is I have him at number 43 but that was before all of these moves so I think he's gonna be bumped up almost to probably at least a top 30 wide receiver I think
0: I think he's a top 24 guy mm-hmm. but maybe on the edge maybe top 30 because the wide receivers, say like, wide receivers are pretty deep this year if not maybe not as top heavy but they're sort of top heavy pretty deep so I, I think, think I'm gonna have
1: him somewhere between 25 and 30
0: yeah, I think that's a good estimate, especially with guys like Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb coming in through the draft, who we will rank only after the draft because there's, yep. no, it's no, there's no point in ranking them until they've found a team. Yep. Next, a running back news, Jordan Howard has moved on to the Miami Dolphins. And this is, at least he gets to start is my my thoughts about this. I think he hovers around number 30 to 35 just because that's such a bad offense. Unless yep. like Tua helps it.
1: I mean, we've, we've never seen someone like – we saw Kenyon Drake, we saw Mark Walton, we, got, uh, we saw Patrick Laird last year. None of them really did too well, so I don't know if we'll see too much from Jordan Howard next year. But I would have him in maybe top 35 running back.
0: Yeah, it's just it's – just, Jordan Howard is talented. I don't think you can discount his talent. But just the, the offense, if Tua helps – if Tua comes in and Tua throws for 4,000 yards in a season or two, then maybe I back on Jordan Howard, but I feel like they need to improve their offensive line too before we yeah. can consider him. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
1: they did sign Eric Flowers, which I think that could help him. But we've seen Eric Flowers be very inconsistent, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, he sort of he sort of had new life with the Redskins last year. He wasn't anything special, mm-hmm. but but with the Giants, a total bust pick. Yeah,
1: I, I know it went from bust. I mean, I think he had might have had one good year with the Giants. I'm not sure.
0: I don't even but know if he had a. With the Redskins,
1: year. he was solid, but. Now I think with the Dolphins, I think he'll be kind of – He'll help, but – He'll help just because that offensive line isn't very good, but he's no stud offensive lineman.
0: Yeah, it's just – it's not the kind of player the Giants expected him to be when they drafted him. Um, Let's move on now to tight end news. Eric Ebron is heading to Pittsburgh. I had to think of the city for a second. Pittsburgh to join Vance McDonald. And I think this is one of the situations where – Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald could both thrive. Vance McDonald sort of didn't play too well last year. But I think with Eric, Eric Ebron's the kind of tight end who thrives on touchdowns. So if he can catch touchdowns and Vance McDonald can get yards, I think they can both be in the conversation yeah. or draftable as tight ends.
1: And we saw Vance McDonald going as high as six, or five or six in drafts last year. And Round. I think he really didn't. Oh,
0: you I don't know, said He
1: was – no, he was number tight. He was tight end number five, oh, six.
0: Oh, I thought you meant like I was just making sure because I I thought you meant five fifth or sixth round. But I but th- mm. when you said five or six, it sort of sounded like five or six overall. Clearly, he's not. No, yeah. he's actually mid-level, um, first round pick for me. But I did like him last year. But continue.
1: Yeah, but I think the touchdowns were kind of missing from his season, and that and overall, he just wasn't didn't live up to the hype that he had going into the 2019 season and but I do think Eric E. Ron will thrive in a role similar to the one he had when he was with the Colts and Jack Doyle where he was more of the touchdown guy while Jack Doyle was more of the yards guy so I think this is a good signing for the Steelers
0: yeah I like how this helps Jack Doyle but like with Vance McDonald I was on really high on him last year and I was lucky that someone drafted him before I could get to him I was all over him I was like I'm getting draft Vance McDonald as my starting tight end and I will be great but uh Jack Doyle I think he could – I think he jumps maybe into the t- tight end one tier now that he's, like, the only one there with newly signed Philip Rivers, who we'll talk about later. Yep. So, next piece of news, Rashad Perryman. Uh, a couple – I guess we'll do a couple wide receiver pieces at once. Rashad Perryman and Robbie Anderson have both been signed to the Jets and the Panthers, respectively. Perryman, I think, if they had a better quarterback, he could be good because the Jets don't have really that many wide receivers – but mm-hmm. meanwhile, Robbie Anderson has a good quarterback. I don't know how – he's not all that inconsistent, and I don't know how willing Teddy Bridgewater – he's not all that consistent, and I don't know how willing Teddy Bridgewater will be to throw deep.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, I think Robbie Anderson could be a compliment to DJ Moore, who, who is my – as many of the listeners know, is my big boom candidate for 2020. And I think, I think this actually boosts DJ Moore's value and Robbie Anderson just because I don't think Robbie Anderson is much of a wide receiver one – but I do like him as a vertical threat if Teddy Bridgewater does develop that kind of – if he can manage to get some accurate throws deep and if he's willing to throw that far. I,
0: I think I was just burned by Robbie Anderson a couple seasons ago, and I've never been able to quite forgive him. But it's just it's, – it's hard. He's so inconsistent. It's now, Rashad to- Perryman to
1: the Jets, I don't know if – I think we've seen the potential he has when Mike Evans was out, but I don't know if he'll be able to shine as that wide receiver one in New York.
0: I mean, it's possible he is a wide receiver one there. And whether he shines is a different question. Because mm-hmm. I mean, with Sam, I don't Brown, really know.
1: I don't really know who else would be the wide receiver one in New York.
0: I mean, is Quincy Anunma still there? I'm not even sure, but I don't think he's a wide receiver one anyway. He's definitely he's definitely not a wide receiver one. But I think yeah, Perriman has. There is potential for targets. There might not be as much potential for fantasy relevance. Although if he catches like eight balls a game, hey, we're in half point PPR now. So you've got to consider that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um Peyton Barber, running back, next piece of news, is going to the Redskins. And this is one where it's not really gonna do much for fantasy except make that backfield even more crowded. They got Adrian Peterson. They got um wait, why am I uh waiting? Darius Geist. <laughs> I was blanking for a second. Darius guys They've got so I think this just makes the backfield like even more crowded for them.
1: Yep. And I, I don't think this is going to have much of a fantasy role, just an interesting piece of news. One more kind of similar, Dion Lewis goes to the Giants. I think this has a little bit more fantasy relevance because we could see him, maybe the Giants are worried about Saquon Barkley getting too much of a workload or something. I mean, kind of take some of the passing load, but I still think Saquon Barkley is one of the best pass-catching backs in the league, so the signing of Dion Lewis doesn't, I don't think that really boosts Lewis's value
0: it doesn't boost Lewis's value. I think the question is whether it hurts Barkley's and I'm not too worried, but I think it's possible that he it's steals possible, but I don't it.
1: really, I, a talent like Saquon Barkley, he's so good at catching passes and we've seen over the past couple of years, Dion Lewis is really mainly only a pass catching back. He's not a lead back. So I don't think Saquon Barkley will get hit too much, but I think there could be a little bit of drop off in the pass catching area.
0: Yeah. I think these last few signings aren't really that fantasy relevant. Philip Rivers went to the Colts. Blake Jarwin went to the Cowboys. Jason went to the Raiders. Philip Dorsett to the Seahawks, and Kyle Allen to the Redskins. I think Philip Rivers is the one that is relevant the most, but not for him, more for Jack Doyle, since we know Philip Rivers likes throwing to tight ends. So yep. I think that helps Jack Doyle. But mm-hmm. I guess the other signings don't really do much. I was surprised that the Redskins uh, went after Kyle Allen, but it is what it is. I guess I just I think it's just. I'm I'm not really sure. I think Ron Rivera wants to get some of his old Panthers back in there, but um, yeah, it's just not much for fantasy. Not much relevance for fantasy. And so there's a few situations though that are still unresolved, and we've got the first one, the biggest one, Cam Newton, who was just released by the Panthers, and I don't know where he's gonna go. Chicago was a popular pick until they got Foles. So Chris, where do you do you have, do we know? anything about where he would go like I don't know if any team would want him really
1: yeah and we've seen Cam Newton really drop off and so I don't know if, if I can't really think of a place where he'd go I mean you'd say maybe the Patriots or but I just don't see it happening so I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of a role he gets into
0: yeah with all the quarterbacks in free agency let like it feels like almost every team has someone that they at least sort of want to uh they sort of want to like help them in the future but The next situation, I think Jameis Winston is still unsigned. And another one is like, I don't really know, besides the Patriots, like, where would he go? He throws a lot of picks. He's got potential. But unless he can clean up the picks, he can't play for a team. He can play on my fantasy team, but he can't play for – he can't be a starting franchise caliber QB for any team.
1: I feel like I'm someone that actually I'd like to see him as a starting quarterback, and I actually think he has the skill to be a starting quarterback – so I think if he does get signed, he will be a solid guy. But with the picks, I think many teams are scared of him because one of the biggest like game changers in football is obviously turnovers. And when you're having 30 of those every year, it just has a huge impact on the team and just how that offense works.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's just, it's so hard to do. I've seen the potential, but we've also seen the uh, 30 picks and it's just, it's just tough. So also Joe Flacco was waived by the Broncos and I think his career is pretty much over he was sort of riding that one Super Bowl in my opinion too because he was never really elite in my opinion I think he was decent but not really
1: Mm -hmm, yeah a failed physical kind of sent him off I think it's a quiet end to a solid career I mean obviously a Super Bowl win that's the biggest prize in all of football but I don't he wasn't going to be fantasy relevant anyways I don't think so I think this doesn't really have much impact other than saying goodbye to one of the want a solid player who won a Super Bowl and who led a good Ravens team, you know?
0: Yeah. I think more a, of a, uh,
1: what's it called? Uh, I don't know. I don't okay. know. A g- farewell. Yeah. A
0: farewell. That's one. <laughs> yep. Okay. Two more, uh, players who aren't fantasy relevant. I don't think Josh Gordon intends to play the season. Oh, I don't know how he's going to do that. Cause he just got test. He just got, uh, suspended indefinitely for drug use again and I see like I feel like he's trying his best and he has heart but it's just these problems are so hard to overcome sometimes and it's kind of it's sad Mm -hmm. but I don't think he should be able to come back to football
1: yeah I I think until he showed for multiple years that he's not going to have another relapse and if he continues to get tested periodically to make sure he's not having those relapses that he can come back but for this season I don't think it's going to happen
0: yeah I think it's just – it's sad, but it's not it, – he can't really come back to football, I don't think. Uh, the last uh, piece – last still unresolved situation is Antonio Brown. And the only reason we're talking about Antonio Brown is because Tom Brady a few days ago said that he wanted Antonio Brown to come to the Buccaneers. And I don't think any team will want to take on that headache, though. Like Yeah, I, I, I mean, the Bucks already have Mike Evans
1: and Chris Godwin. I don't know – why they need someone that takes up all the attention and is in the media so much that in Antonio Brown when they already have two star wide receivers and I'm sure he'd just be there complaining about he's not getting enough targets but he's just it's, it wouldn't be a good signing for the Bucks.
0: yeah Tom Brady surprisingly has been one of Antonio Brown's biggest supporters but I don't think he he shouldn't there he shouldn't, he shouldn't yeah. be signed he's already like his bail is at, like, $110,000 for, like, another crime or something. I don't know what's going on with that. But mm-hmm. him and his trainer, I think. So now let's get to Would You Rather. This is the fun part of the show. I mean, this part of the show was fun before, but, like, this is the very fun part of the show. So mm-hmm. I think... Would You Rather...
1: Yeah, is it's a segment that we're probably going to try and continue over multiple episodes, too.
0: Yeah, so we're going to put together two out. sets of two players for each position. Um, and I think we're, it's probably. It's really. We tried to do one where it's like one set is of elite guys and one set is of guys who are good but like not really in the elite. More
1: sleepers, kind of boomer bust candidates, sort of.
0: Yeah, and some just fun comparisons that we decided to do. The first one is Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott, Chris. I'm gonna have to say Dak Prescott because we've. I don't
1: know. I mean, just because. The re-signing of Amari Cooper and obviously Michael Gallup coming back. I think that offense can be very solid. And we've seen Dak Prescott be that top quarterback last year. but We haven't seen Kyler Murray enter that area. Well, I do think it's very close with the signing of DeAndre Hopkins, I have Dak Prescott just a little bit higher.
0: I think Dak Prescott, while Kyler Murray, there's a low chance that Kyler Murray goes bust. Dak Prescott still mm-hmm. has proven himself, and he was like the number two QB last year, I believe. Yeah. So I really like him coming into this year. And while Kyler Murray's potential is great, I think Dak gets the slight edge, although this one is very close.
1: Mm-hmm. I like this the is probably the here.
0: This might be the closest out of all of our Would You Rathers. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't I mean. have started with this one, but I, there yeah. are, they are all close in their own way. The mm-hmm. next one Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins?
1: I'm going to have to say, I think I originally thought I'd go with Kirk Cousins, but I think I'm going to go with Tom Brady just because of all the weapons he has. And I think he still feels like he has something to prove. And we've seen him win Super Bowls. We've seen him do just about everything. But I still feel like he still wants to prove that he's not that systems quarterback like we talked about earlier. So I think he's I think he's going to really hit his stride in his final year. And he's going to just have a top 10 fantasy season very likely. Well, I think
0: you know, he has two more years left I believe because of that contract but Mm -hmm. I think he has something to prove but like not that he's not a systems quarterback because everyone knows he's not a systems quarterback but just that he still has something left I think so I think his potential gives him an edge and uh, like everyone knows he was good everyone wants to see if he still is so I think he will perform and Kirk Cousins we've already seen it all from him I feel like and he yeah. is decent but he's not gonna and it's not the, just because we also, of weapons he's not gonna rise up too and yeah week. and
1: we've seen the loss of Stefan Diggs obviously that's not gonna help because he's kind of lost his vertical threat obviously Adam Thielen I don't think he's more of a deep guy but he can really
0: catch a ton of passes yeah Adam I like really like Adam Thielen he's a good wide receiver one especially but I yeah think.
1: and in half PPR Adam Thielen is a solid guy
0: yeah, I, I, he's, he's and one NFL. of the guys who was – I think he was the main guy who was helped by that trade besides – the Diggs trade besides Josh Allen.
1: Oh, wait, and you said wide receiver one. Do you mean as an NFL wide receiver one or a fantasy? Oh,
0: NFL. But Okay, good. I was going to – Not was... fantasy, not yet. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. No, yeah, I don't think he's a fantasy wide receiver one, though. But for a running back, we got our elite comparison. Nick Chubb, Chris, or Dalvin Cook?
1: I'm going to have to go with Dalvin Cook just because I feel like they're going to have to – the Vikings' offense, I think, is going to develop into more of a screen and running game, just because they've lost their vertical threat in Stephon Diggs. And I've in half PPR. I mean, we've seen Dalvin Cook catch a lot of passes. I think he's working his way back to being healthy an entire season. I mean, I really like Nick Chubb next year too, but I think I just like Dalvin Cook even more.
0: I think I'm going to have to disagree on individual merit just alone because I think I if you can guarantee or get 95% sure that if you're drafting Cook, you're drafting Alexander Madison as his handcuff. I might consider, t- I would cons- definitely consider taking Cook and I probably would take Cook if you had that high of a chance. However, there's 12 teams in this- your league and depending on how, s- there should be 12 teams in your league. If you have like a, a 10 team league, d- definitely consider moving to 12. But I think depending on how smart your league is, I think that's sometimes too big of a risk to take. And if you don't get Madison and Cook gets hurt, that's like the end. So Chubb, meanwhile, is like my main breakout candidate for next year because of the new run-first offense with Kevin Stefanski because Kareem Hunt is likely to leave. And so I guess he's, his situation is unresolved too. We haven't really talked about him. Mm-hmm. But I think Chubb is definitely a great breakout candidate for next year, and I think I would value him slightly higher than Cook. Okay. So the next comparison, this is an interesting one. I like, I like this one a lot. David Johnson, Chris, or Raheem Mostert?
1: I'm going to have to go with David Johnson just because I think he's going to go back to that lead back role and I don't like that Raheem Mostert is in a crowded backfield while I think that Raheem Mostert might have better potential because we we haven't seen anything really from him. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs what he can do, but we haven't seen it in the regular season. But David Johnson has shown what he can be as a running back one and I think that he's going to get the bulk of the carries with Carlos Hyde leaving, I think. Is Carlos Hyde leaving?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, he is. He declined an offer from the Texans.
1: Yeah, and I think Duke Johnson is leaving, too.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Um, maybe or, it's I'm Boston. not sure. I think he's but, still there as of now. But, but
1: I, all I know is David Johnson's going to get the bulk of the carries, and Raheem Mostert's not going to get every, the bulk. I mean, he's going to be splitting carries, so that's why I put David Johnson. I feel like... Ahead.
0: I think I would take Mostert here because, yes, he is splitting carries, but I think he's getting more. And I think for the majority of the games, the ga- for the games he's gotten all the carries, I think he's been very efficient. And so I think for the majority of the games, he will be very good. And I think David Johnson's just a big question mark. I don't know if he has anything left. So I think he's hit that, like, wall that running back's hit. So while Raheem Mostert might have a couple games where he just drops off, I think he has more games where he's great. And so I think I'll take Mostert. And I am worried about the splitting carries, but I'm not as worried as I am about David Johnson. I think.
1: Yeah, it's really it really comes down to whether David Johnson can rise, not back to what we've seen him be as that top five pick, but just back to a running back to kind of guy, a solid running back that you can – that can perform in fantasy. I mean, he might not be the most consistent guy and he might have a few big games, but I think if he can, I think, I don't think he's hit that wall fully yet. And I think still think that he has a little bit left in the tank.
0: All right, so we'll move on to wide receiver now. And the first comparison, two guys on the same team with a new quarterback, Chris Godwin or Mike Evans?
1: I'm going to say Mike Evans just because I think that He's going to, I don't know why, but I have a feeling that he's going to connect more with Tom Brady. I mean, we've seen him be a top wide receiver basically his his entire career. And we've seen Chris Godwin. He hasn't really shown anything. I mean, until this year, he kind of blew up. So I like Mike Evans just because I think he's going to catch more touchdowns or I don't really know why, but I, I just have a gut feeling about Mike Evans over Chris Godwin.
0: All right. I think I sort of see how like Mike Evans has more experience, but I'm going to go Godwin here because I think Godwin's more the short to intermediate guy for Tom Brady and Tom Brady doesn't really like to throw deep in his old age. So I think that he'll be looking to Godwin more. And while I think with Winston there, I would have liked Mike Evans more, but now that Jameis Winston is leaving most likely, I think Brady will look to Godwin more as the safer option. And while since Mike Evans is more the vertical threat, I think he'll, He'll, he won't drop off a cliff, but I think he'll regress a little bit from his amazing numbers last year.
1: Okay, and yeah, so the past three we've disagreed on, but I think this one we can agree on. is DJ Moore versus Amari Cooper, and I have DJ Moore. He's my huge boom candidate going into 2020. I mean, with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback, I like it even more. I think he's just going to blow up next season.
0: Yeah, I think I have Cooper ahead of him in my rankings, but I think it's DJ Moore, especially in a happy BR. So I'm going to switch that pretty soon. Um, For tight ends, so I think that one's pretty clear, so we can go to tight ends. Tight ends, and this is the one where the main controversy is at the top. Like quarterback number one is clearly Lamar Jackson. Running back number one is clearly Christian McCaffrey. Wide receiver number one is clearly Michael Thomas. But for tight end, it's pretty close. So I think, Chris, is it Travis Kelsey or George Kittle?
1: I'm going to say Travis Kelsey just because I like Patrick Mahomes more as the quarterback, and I he has so many weapons around him that Travis Kelsey is going to be able to find so – he's going to just be able to run those seam routes that he runs so much, and he's going to be open so much because you've got Tyreek Hill stretching the field, Sammy Watkins, then you've got a running game that has a lot of talent in Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson. So I think he's going to really get – a lot of targets, and he's so he's targeted so much in the red zone that really just puts him just a bit above George Kittle. And then on the other side, George Kittle, I think that offense is too run focused. So, George Kittle is a lot of times actually serves as a blocker. So, I think that takes away from his pass catching ability.
0: Yeah, I think he's George Kittle might be more valuable to his team, but Travis Kelsey, I think, is the better fantasy pick. I think yep. you pretty much said it all though. I think that's that I would pretty much agree. Um, the last comparison of the day. Tyler Higbee or Jared Cook? I'm gonna say Jared Cook just because he's
1: more of a consistent pass catcher and we've seen what and we haven't seen we saw Tyler Higbee blow up at the end of the season but we saw Jared Cook be pretty consistent throughout the entire season so I trust consistency more in this case.
0: Yeah I liked how Cook even though he's getting older he sort of did really break out at the end of last year with Drew Brees and while I think if Drew Brees it, I don't, I don't know that Drew Brees was on sort of a historic pace. So I think that might regress a little, but I think he'll be looking to cook and cook while he doesn't get the most targets. I think he's more of a red zone kind of guy. So while Higby can get a lot of targets, I think because of the uncertainty in Los Angeles, I think cook is, gets the slight edge. By the so, way, what do you oh, think yeah, of that hi. new
1: logo? For the
0: uh, Rams? It's just, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I, it's, I'm, just
1: it's kind of strange. So I didn't really expect it. I don't, I will not necessarily say I hate it, but I don't really like it. I think it just, like a lot of people are saying, it looks like the Chargers logo. I think They, just, agree with they should that. just go with
0: the classics, I think.
1: Yeah. I, yeah,
0: I agree. So for five agreements, three disagreements for would you rather. So that's pretty good. Uh, some good debate while also having some agreement. So that's pretty much it for today's podcast. Uh, thanks for downloading and listening as always. And uh, anything else you want to add? I think well, you can find us, secondandgoalfantasy.podbean.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. So that's it for today. And uh, we will see you guys next time.